Welcome back, gamers, and we are here for another installment of the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. I am your host for today, Rad Dreams from Rad Dreams Review, and joining me, as always, are my wonderful compatriots. We have I, Chameleon, I, or Chris. Yo. And we also have the darkness of the tigers. We have Devin. Oh, you called me the darkness of the tigers. I appreciate yeah. that. There's a whole clan of us, and I'm the leader. Yes, yes. Hey, you know, it, it's better to be a leader of that than of something weird like uh, like a cult or something. I don't know. If you're the leader of a cult, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Ah! Uh... Like, you're telling everybody about Bitcoin? I think that's a good <laughs> idea. I mean, it, it depends on what kind of cult it is, I guess. I guess no. When I think cults, I just inherently think it's bad, but that's not yeah, same. always the case. I, that's I, not... I guess. It's, I a, guess. it's it's like the uh, there's a video game called the Cult of the Lamb. Do you ever hear about this? No. Yes. It is. It's supposed to be like a really fun game. I've never personally played it myself, but I believe you can play it on Steam. But basically, it's like a it's a no, it's a roguelike video game. Uh, it's an indie game uh, came out last year and it's you know, fairly, fairly popular and successful. So I, I would definitely be interested in giving it a shot because I've seen people play it and it looks like a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Well, I've I've never it. I'll look into it. But yeah, speaking of video games and things of that nature, what have you guys been up to? Um, I guess I'll start. Um, I have really just been playing RuneScape when I can. Hell yeah. And um, I was able to find um, uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom on sale. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, share share with the uh, listeners about that. Yeah, because I have a follow up. Okay. Uh, yeah, found it on sale on some site. It was so like Mashables was was basically giving a link to another site to buy this buy Tears of the Kingdom through. Um, what was the name of the site? It was like uh, hold on, let me try and find the order real fast. Um. Either way, I saved like 10 bucks. So for whatever reason, that game's 70. I don't know why, because it's on Switch, which is like old tech. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Super Shop was the name of the the um, the website. Um, but uh, yeah, Super Shop had it like 10 bucks off. So I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to order this through PayPal. And then if if it doesn't work, no biggie. I'll just get a refund through PayPal because it's pretty easy to do that. So I did it. Um, it shipped. It took about man. I don't think I actually got the game till Friday because it came via USPS. When did you so order it? Took it? About uh, five days. So I ordered it like Sunday, and then it came in on Friday. Mm, that's not bad. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the worst wait. Um, but yeah, um, Tears of the Kingdom so far. I've only I've I've really only played about like maybe an hour, maybe a little bit more than that. So okay. far, cool. Um, you have to be pretty like you don't have to be pretty creative, but the game is more fun if you're if you're. Creative yeah, the, and that and that's what I've seen on 
just like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, basically like anything that involves social media, people have been exploding with their creations on uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like there is a there's this one that I saw of a Japanese player. He he made a functional Gundam in in <laughs> okay. Tears of the Kingdom. I was like, what the fuck? And I then saw that. Yeah, and then there's another dude that legit made Metal Gear Rex from uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, Tactical Espionage for the PlayStation One. Pretty dope. And it it like it was like a one for one copy. Like it looked exactly like it. I was like, how the fuck did you do this? I do have to say my quick little sidebar for how you got that game so cheap. There was actually an article about two guys who went to work at Amazon just so they could steal that game and sell it. Well, I, 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 I doubt it was because of that, but we never know. There was, who knows? Who knows? Never a hundred percent possibility that that didn't happen to Chris. You yeah. might have a stolen copy. Cool with me. I, I ain't on the hook for it. Yeah. Hey, oh, speaking of, you have the physical copy, right? Correct. Hey, there it goes. Physical media. For now. Uh, I only buy Switch, like, Nintendo games via physical. Good. They're the one I do not trust with a digital store. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're the only uh, digital game that I downloaded for the Switch were the new Pokemon because I couldn't find it physical copy when I wanted to buy it. Uh, so I just, you know, pulled the trigger, bought it digital. And then I mm-hmm. also purchased a uh, digital copy of, um, what was it? Uh, Digimon Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's yeah. Memory. It came in like a combo pack. And then when mm-hmm. I bought my Switch, it came pre-installed with, uh, you know, Super Mario uh, Kart. Yeah, dope. But that's it. That, that, those are all my digital games. Everything else I have is physical as well. All my games right now are digital. <laughs> I don't have yeah. any single and physical I, anything. And I, I know it works really well for you. Yep. It's just anything. Yeah, it's just for, for me personally... Um, I, I have this like stigma against, uh, digital things, uh, which is weird. Cause I, I play a lot of steam. Yeah. Um, but when I can buy physical, I do. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it always comes down to convenience. I'm mm. not going to go around tracking down a game. I will just turn on my Xbox or PS5. And then just let it rip. I will just hit the search button and I will find what I needed to find. Mm -hmm. Unless, obviously, uh, I have not been able to find Test Drive Unlimited 1 or 2 because those have both been delisted. That's not good. They took the servers offline. They were online games anyway, so I don't even think I could play them even if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But quick update from myself. Um, Every once in a blue moon which basically once a year, I have a tendency to fall into what I call a summer a summer pattern. And that summer pattern basically means that every one of my hours is unfortunately accounted for. So I put an hour into my video gaming and every day I have to play one hour of video games. So um, it's been Gran Turismo 7, it's been Formula One 2022, and it's been Skyrim, uh, not Skyrim, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That was oh, I was about to say, wait, what? I've been playing Skyrim? What? I, mean, I beat Skyrim. I beat Skyrim in the first year. I'm yeah. not coming back. I have zero. I, I was getting shocked. I was like, yo, what? No, it's just that they feel so alike sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, I've been video gaming that. I last week saw Little Mermaid, just absolutely adored it. Probably my favorite live action movie at, at this point. I um, you mean live at like live action remake? Yeah, live action remake. Yeah, I saw that they're going to be doing a live action remake. What was the uh, How to Train My Dragon? Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. I don't know about the live action Moana that's coming out. Yeah, did you know that The Rock's going to be in that too? He is. He's going to reprise his role. So that's just like, why? What do you mean? Why make a live action version of Moana? The same reason you're making a live action version of Lilo and Stitch. I don't know what to tell you. Wait, wait, is there? Yeah, that's a thing. Oh Oh my, that's insane. (laughs) Disney's just running out of ideas, I think. Well, I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the problem because guess what was just announced today? Well, he I, I saw that he is going to be doing a Fast and Furious spinoff of Hobbs. Maybe of Hobbs. Apparently, this most recent Fast and Furious was called Fast and Furious X, also known as Fast and Furious 10. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a Fast and Furious X2, which was great. Final Fantasy, great idea. We all saw that. <laughs> um, they're going to do a Final Fantasy, Final <laughs> Fast Fantasy. and Furious X2. But to tie X1 and X2, they're doing a spinoff movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I am like, you guys need to stop. You need to be stopped. It's enough. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, besides that, I watched the Netflix movie, the Jennifer Lopez movie, The Mother on Netflix. What was that? What was that about? Um, She's a former assassin. Oh, former okay. spy. And I gotcha. I was at a house party. We were talking about like actors or actresses who no matter what they do you're going to watch and i hate to say it for me it it became jennifer lopez and i don't know why really i don't know some people are going to say she's a terrible actress and sometimes i will agree but i mean she she is attractive i will say that very much so and when she does a good movie look at made in manhattan hustlers uh selena she really knocks it out the park so i think jennifer lopez is my actress who no matter how bad the movie is i'm gonna watch it Mm. So besides that, I've been reading my books and uh, getting ready for the weekend. Nice. What's nice. been going on with your end, Mason? Uh, well, actually, I've been getting into quite a bit of gaming, which has been a good change of pace and very refreshing. Other than, you know, uh, getting down with some drinking over Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that was the only time that I didn't really like game. Uh, but for the most part, I tried out a new game on Steam called, I'm going to butcher this, but Est Libra is what it's called, Est Libra Revision. It is a kind of like a Japanese side-scroller uh, video game that takes inspiration from like Castlevania. Um, it's a lot of fucking fun. It's has extremely fast based combat that you combo, uh, your moves together, which is just insane. And it also has like a combo magic system in the game, which is also cool, but it, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you ever get a chance to watch a trailer for it, I would recommend doing so and see if this kind of tickles your fancy, uh, the spelling of it is A S T L I B R A, Ast Libra. 
but yeah, I've been playing that on Steam, and it's a lot of fucking fun. Highly recommend it if you're into those types of games. And oh, then okay. I've also been playing. What's that? Thanks for the suggestion. I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, yeah, and the art style is super interesting. Um, I think you would like it, Devin, because th- there's literally no turn-based combat at all. It's extremely uh, fat. It's very fast. It's so fast. Um, but yeah, I've been playing more of the uh, what's it called? The game on uh, Xbox Game Pass that I mentioned that I was playing last time. Um, I I forget off the top of my head. Not important. But other than that, uh, I have also been dabbling with Pokemon. Uh, they just made Pokemon Home compatible with Scarlet and Violet, which is exciting. So that means that you can transfer Pokemon from previous generations to Scarlet and Violet. Ooh. Gotcha. So that is, is super hype. Does that require a subscription of some sort? It does. You have to pay for Pokemon Home. It's like $2. Like $2 a month, year? Uh, $2 (laughs) a month, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Let me see. Pokemon Home cost. I know it's not. It's very inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so let's see. Yeah, one month is two ninety nine, three months is four ninety nine, and a whole year is fifteen ninety nine. Okay, just curious. But honestly, it's worth it for me because the the basic package you don't have to pay for, which is great. But the mm-hmm. pre the premium is where it's at because you get you know up to six thousand Pokemon that can be transferred, um, which which is absolutely nutty. And they just stay. They they just stay there. You know, they're they're your forever cloud based Pokemon that you can just transfer to your games. So I I like Pokemon Home. I since I'm a big Pokemon fan, I think it's worth the price tag. I pay the two dollars and ninety nine cents a month because I don't know if I want to keep it for like an entire year. You know, some months I'll take off, some months I won't. You know, it it just depends on how I'm feeling. For sure, for sure. But yeah, and then um, doing some like retro gaming as well uh, on my computer using emulators. So that has been a lot of fun as well. All right, good deal. So I wanted to go ahead. Last episode, we asked the question. I asked Mason a question and I'll ask the question again for the listeners as well as Chris because you guys were not here. Now, the question was specifically having to do with AI. And mm-hmm. the reason we came up to this topic because Mason, you brought up you watched the movie Megan. You said it yes. was an okay movie. You didn't yeah, love it, it. No, it was serviceable. It, it, was, it, it was a movie. It was a film. Yes. And in this film, an artificial intelligence device called Megan ends up, and this is not really a spoiler, you know it's a horror movie, you know what happens, ends up murdering quite a few people. Mm-hmm. And the question was, who would be responsible for those murders? Would it be Megan? Would it be the programmer or software developer who created Megan? Or would no one be charged for that? All right. So I I came up with an answer to this question. Okay. We're listening. And it's, it's, and after thinking about it, I'm like shocked that I didn't think of it like right off the rip when you asked the question, because 
To, to me, the, the answer to this specific scenario is easy because, one, uh, the employee who created Megan works for this massive company, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until they officially unveiled Megan as a confirmed project that, you know, it started murdering, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, in my opinion, I don't know if it's a it's if it's the right one, but it is my opinion nonetheless. I believe if the family of the victim wants to seek damages, they would have to file a lawsuit against the company who employs the programmer who made Megan. That that's who I think should ultimately be responsible is the company. Okay. But that, that's my thought process. Okay, now the question I would have to ask is can a company and can a company be held liable for homicide? So, what's interesting in United States law um, is companies can be treated as individuals and they can be tried as individuals because technically speaking companies um are a entity, right? Yep. So in that same vein, I don't know a lot about uh, litigation or law, but I know I do. I, I do know enough to uh, you know make me dangerous a little bit. But so from like what AI. exactly? Uh, so from my experience, from what I've learned, uh, going to you know going to school and learning about you know, law, I had to learn about labor law. Um, you know, corporations are treated as individuals and can be tried as such, which does mean they can be charged with crime, you know, whether it be like negligence, whether it be um, like, uh, you know, white collar crime or, you know, violent crime like homicide. Well, I'm going to put a pin in your argument because I have I have this topic that I want to discuss with you guys. So I'm going to put okay. a pin in that. For uh, thank you for your answer. Yes, Chris, what do you think? If an AI were to harm or kill someone, who do you think would be liable for that death or that harmful act? So, it depends. Was the AI programmed in any way, shape, or form to kill people? If well, it, go ahead. I think you have to realize that in most, I'm going to say most cases, AI is not programmed to do that, but that's why it's AI. It's programmed to do one thing, Mm -hmm. but eventually learns to do something else. Yeah. It's like, it's adaptive. So I couldn't hold a, the person's, let's just, let's just say parent, (laughs) the software engineer uh, liable because it would be like for me it'd be like if your kid uh uh did murder yeah and, like the, the parents are not responsible but they created the kid kid is like ai it it learned and did something on its own without uh involvement from the parent or mm-hmm. and, you, and, and you do see that a lot with a lot of these like mass shootings with these younger kids you know, a lot of times, like the the parent, yes, they they raise the child, and a, a lot of times it's a it's a good environment. But you know, the parent is not 
ultimate, like you said, Chris, a lot of times the parent is not responsible for the act that the child commits. No, and you're, and you're absolutely right. But there is a story, a very recent one. And I'll give you the national public radio headline. Michigan school shooters parents can face trial for manslaughter court rules. So the parents are also going to be on trial for involuntary manslaughter because of the acts of their child. Really? My guess is that potentially that kid got their guns or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit different. Well, here's Mm -hmm. here's what the trial has says. The murders would not have happened if the parents hadn't purchased the gun okay. for this kid or yeah. if they had taken them home from Oxford High School on the day of the shootings when staff became alarmed. So yeah. basically, the parents created an environment where this could happen, and they did not do anything when the warning signs were present. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, in that, in that, in that regard, they, they could be held liable since they purchased the gun and, you know, the kid gained access to said gun so and and that way i can i can see it yeah so, I, I would say <laughs> unfortunately like if it's just a singular engineer and they programmed this ai to do something and then it went off on its own and did something else and killed someone mm-hmm. you really there really wouldn't be anyone you could hold accountable but the ai but like it's AI. I mean, the only thing you can do is like uh, disconnect it. <laughs> so like, well, that's that's really it. Well, can I go ahead and throw something by you guys? Because this yeah. question actually has been asked. And the answer is not as simple as you would assume. Yeah. No, I mean, it's complicated. I mean, based on what we're, we're saying, it, it, it's complicated. Well, the MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, has actually asked this question. Mm-hmm. What happens if an AI were to kill someone and who's responsible? And they said that it basically is going to fall onto three scenarios. Okay. The first, known as perpetrator via another, applies when offense has been committed by a mentally deficient person or animal who is therefore deemed to be innocent. Anybody who has instructed the mentally deficient person or animal can be held criminally liable. For example, a dog owner who instructed the animal to attack another individual. The dog may have done it, but the human instructed him to do so, okay? Yeah, gave the order. This has implications for those designing intelligent machines and those who use them. An AI program could be held to be an innocent agent without the software program or the user being held to be the perpetrator via another. So an AI might not have any function or even the belief to do this, but if it's instructed to do so and it has to do what it's told, the AI could cause something bad to happen but it would be on the person who caused it to happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in that way, it's different because yeah. it's being, because it's being instructed. Yep. Yeah. So like in the that case, makes of, sense. so in the case of Megan, the movie, uh, the, the AI is not instructed to commit these harmful acts. It was yep. even, it was even specifically programmed not to, okay. uh, to cause harm or even adaptively learn how to cause harm. It's just, there was an error with like the software or whatever, like something happened during the process and it made things go haywire. And then it became available to, to learn how to do this stuff, but it was never ever instructed. So in that way, I, I get it because it, in this case, you say, you know, if the AI is instructed, then the person who made it can be held liable. So I get that. 
I agree. Then we have our second scenario known as a natural probable consequence. This occurs when the ordinary actions of an AI system might be used inappropriately to perform a criminal act. Kingston gives the example of an artificially intelligent robot in a Japanese motorcycle factory that killed a human worker. The robot erroneously identified the employee as a threat to its mission and calculated that the most efficient way to eliminate this threat was by pushing him into an adjacent operating machine. Holy fuck. Using its very powerful hydraulic arm, the robot smashed and surprised worker into the machine, killing him instantly, and then resumed its duties. Jesus. The key question here is whether the program of the machine knew that this outcome was a probable consequence of its use. So this one's saying, do you would it have been any way possible when you designed this that this could have been possible? If the answer to that question, it did have the capability to do that, then whoever created it could be found liable because the mm-hmm. capability was there, even though there was never an intent to do that. I gotcha. Okay. That's a little bit of a harder one because though when the Megan was created, she wasn't created specifically to harm anyone, but she was created to protect whoever her girl was. Yes. Yes. She she was given that like directive. She was given that directive. And though she may have malfunctioned, because let's be honest here, if that doll was under recall, that company could have absolutely been sued majorly for that. Oh, hell yeah. But if she was under a malfunction, then you could probably assume that could this have happened if this were to malfunction? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that question is yes, then someone could be found culpable for that, even if they didn't intend for it to happen. Okay, that's fair. All right, y'all ready for the third one? Yes. The third scenario is called direct liability. And this requires both an action and an intent. Mm-hmm. An action is straightforward to prove if the AI system takes an action that results in a criminal act or fails to take an action when there is duty to act. The intent is much harder to determine, but still relevant. Speeding is a strict liability offense. So according to a scientist, if a self-driving car was found to be breaking the speed limit for the road it is on, the law may well assign criminal liability to the AI program that was driving the car at the time, because this was inherently illegal you were programmed to do this particular thing and because it was illegal and because you did it the ai is at fault because you still did something illegal even though that was your function hmm interesting in that case the programmer or even the driver of the vehicle may not be found liable because it was the vehicle it was the ai that had that was doing it yep makes sense that's like that's more akin to the the scenario i described Mm -hmm. and then there's a final part of this then there is the issue of defense if an ai system can be criminally liable what defense (laughs) might it use really that's actually a question yeah that that is a good question because it's like with people you know if somebody is assaulting you or breaks into your home are you able to act in self-defense the same applies to artificial intelligence. If a artificial intelligence uh, believes that it's in danger, can it defend itself? Absolutely. And recently, a judge actually banned AI-generated filings in court mm-hmm. because it proved not to be reliable. No, and I agree with that because it's 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 uh, artificially curated and generated, right? So it's it's stealing uh, already existing like words uh, from like other people and generating a response based on that. 
So this MIT article is going to ask two questions. I'm going to ask you these two questions, but I'm going to ask the first question. I want to hear both of your responses. Okay. And then I'm going to ask us the second one. Okay. So the first question is, and this is MIT raises this question. Could a program that is malfunctioning claim a defense similar to the human defense of insanity? Like in the case of Megan, which mm -hmm. was malfunctioning, could she be found innocent because she was malfunctioning similar to a person who were to go into a room and kill someone and claim defense and claim insanity and they get away with it. Mm, I I say I say no that a artificial intelligence who malfunctions and commits like a heinous act because of that malfunction cannot plead insanity like how a person's like brain malfunctions, right? So brain chemistry and artificial intelligence um chemistry is what I'll say are inherently different because at least with uh, humans, you know, we sometimes do not have control over the chemicals that, you know, misfire in our brains. And I, I feel like it's a different type of misfiring with technology and artificial intelligence. I don't think the, that rule could be applied to them, but that's just me. Um, I'm actually going to go a little bit different away. So okay. I don't think that they could do insanity, but there would have to be um, another insanity-like thing, plea that they could take. Mm -hmm. Because okay. if, it, if it's a malfunction and the malfunction was the reason for everything, well, that's technically it wasn't doing anything that it was programmed to do is going outside of that and doing something um outside of its norm that it would have never have done otherwise so it's it's kind of like insanity but it's not the same because it's a it's a machine so there would have to be a, like a totally different malfunction themed insanity plea but like so but like what would be like if someone takes that, like if a machine takes that plea, <laughs> what are the repercussions for it? Because a human would be, okay, you're going to go to the sustained asylum mm -hmm. and, and figure things out. So what do you do for a machine? Like there's no. We put them in an AI and put them in a box on the corner or put right, them in a like... USB in a box on the corner. You fix the malfunction and I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it would have to be something else. So what you're saying is that we would need to create a whole new set of laws yeah. specifically to deal with this because we create laws for humans. We don't create mm -hmm. laws for technology. No. Correct. Okay. But like we have to, when you look at AI, you have to think that it's human-like with its learning. And so you have to like, I've always said that AI needs to be heavily regulated because yes. it's incredibly dangerous if it's not. We will um, absolutely get to that in a moment. But yeah, there has to be there has to be laws and rules specific to AI. Okay, so let me ask you the second question. And Chris, I want your answer. Then we'll go to Mason because Mason answered the last one first. Okay. Could an AI infected by an electronic virus claim defense similar to coercion or intoxication? So let's say you have an AI program that's designed to do a functionality. However, there is a virus that gets into this AI program that causes it to do something else. Its initial creation is obviously being distorted to do entirely different things. 
what happens in that situation? Could that AI, which let's let's say you have, let's go back to the motorcycle factory or whatever, where the AI is designed to just create motorcycles all day. Somebody uploads a virus into it or somehow it downloads a file from an outside actor. And now its new objective is to just push people in front of conveyor belts and get murdered. Could that AI be infected? Can it claim defense of coercion or intoxication? The AI still did it, but it wouldn't have done it had it not been for that. Hmm. Yeah. I would say yes. Okay. Because the the person that gave it the virus or hacked it or whatever happened is the one completely liable for whatever damage that AI does. So yes, that AI should in fact be able to take that type of plea. Okay. Mason, what are your thoughts? I think I'm I'm in the same boat as uh Chris on this one. Okay. Well, there was actually apparently a case in the United Kingdom um, where there was a com- computer-related offense. A teenage, com- a teenage computer hacker, charged with executing a denial-of-service attack, claimed that a Trojan program was instead responsible and had then wiped itself from the computer before it was forensically analyzed. So this kid was brought to trial because he did a service attack. And he says, nope, it was not me. It was a Trojan program that did it and then wiped itself from my computer. Which way do you think that went? <laughs> well, you'd have to you'd have to prove that it was wiped. But yeah. You'd have to prove that what happened actually happened. So if you can't prove that. Then he that, would be held liable. Yeah, he's going to be fucked. <laughs> well. The defense, the fin- defendant's lawyer successfully convinced the jury that such a scenario was not beyond reasonable doubt. So the teenager yeah. actually got off because it is possible for that to happen. Fair. That's a really good lawyer. Very <laughs> good lawyer. But there was also another story that I want to talk about, and it was very similar. Now, um, let's see. I believe I still had it. Okay, here it is. So you guys know Tesla's, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how Tesla has this feature called autopilot. Yeah. Now autopilot, when you hear the name, it's basically, oh, an autopilot. It's going to drive the car for me, correct? Right. Yeah. You, you hear that and think that, yeah, but we know how it works. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? So it, it's it's an assist. It's an assist. But a reasonable per- a reasonable person probably would see the word autopilot yep. and assume that this can do it for you. Yep. So what autopilot is, is an AI-generated program that basically monitors the road with a series of eight different cam- cameras, right? Yep. So let me give you this head- headline. Landmark trial involving Tesla autopilot weighs if man or machine is at fault. So for this is actually the very first case where the question is, who was responsible? And here's what it says. Tesla will play a major role in a manslaughter trial over a fatal crash caused by a vehicle on operating on autopilot and what could be a defining case for the self-driving car industry. At the trial's heart is the question of who is legally responsible for a vehicle that can drive or partially drive itself. Kevin George Aziz Riyadh is on trial for his role in a 2019 crash. Police say Riyadh exited a freeway in Southern California in a Tesla Model S, ran a red light, and crashed into a Honda Civic, killing both applicants. 
Tesla's autopilot system, which can control speed, braking, and steering, was engaged at the time of the crash that killed the couple who were on their first date. Mm. Tesla does not face charges in the case, but the trial could shape public perceptions of the company and act as a test case for whether technology has advanced faster than legal standards. And the question has to be asked, and this is the reason why it became such a thing, who is at fault, the man or the machine? And this trial, um, it, this happened in 2019. This is still going, this trial has never ended. It's still going. Wow, really? Holy yeah. shit. They delayed it until 2022 in November, and they delayed it again until indefinitely because it's just a hard question. Mm, there, because, I, there's just, there's not enough precedence. Yeah. Yes. The problem is, is that in this autopilot feature, the car does have basically three main functions. You still have to be, in my opinion, based off everything I know about Tesla, you still have to be ready to take control whatever you feel or whatever the car tells you to, right? Right. So the car's main functions are to drive, which is going on staying in the lane, going forward and monitoring traffic ahead of it. The car is supposed to be staying within its lines. And the car is also supposed to be slowing down to prevent any level of accident. That's the three basic functions of autopilot. Mm -hmm. By this, you expect the car to do this because you're buying a product and that's what this product says it can do. But when that AI does not do any of that and fails every step of the way, are you at fault because you followed what the AI could do or, or, is the AI at fault because it did not do what it was created to do? And now two people are dead because of it. Mm. Yep. Yeah, AI for me. This one. AI slash Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one, Chris. I mean, it, it, it seems pretty not cut and dry, but, to, to me, I feel like the, the AI is uh, more uh, culpable. And I think I think that goes back into what they were saying about um, the second scenario. No, uh, what was that? Oh, it was the third scenario, direct liability. Mm-hmm. An action is straightforward to provide if the AI system takes an action that results in a criminal act or fails to take an action where the duty to act, where there is a duty to act. So the software not only failed to stop, it, it failed to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think in this case scenario, the AI would be at fault. Yeah, 100%. But there is also something else I want to discuss with you guys. And I sent you guys the story. And this is where things are going to get a little out of control. Leading experts warn of a risk of extinction from AI. Now, this is a very... What? Yes. And this is actually very scary because when I think of AI, I never think of AI on like a global scale. Mm. I think of AI more along the lines of small scale, like the things that it can utilize in technology to benefit us. But when you start reading this article and this article you can find on NPR, it's actually pretty much everywhere. It raises a much more moral question. And the reason being, and here's what it says, here's what the first paragraph says. AI experts issue a dire warning on Tuesday. Artificial intelligent models could sooner be could soon be smarter and more powerful than us, and it is time to impose limits to ensure that they don't take control over humans or destroy the world. So the example that they use 
has to do with nuclear war. Now, mm-hmm. you might be saying, oh, well, AI is not going to create a nuclear bomb and launch it. No, it's, and and it's not saying that. It, it's But if an AI has the capability, capability, excuse me, to launch a nuclear bomb, that's when we need to worry. And even more than that, what has been a growing trend on social media? ChatGPT. Uh, yeah. Not just ChatGPT, but fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Mis- I mean, that- misinterpret information, false news, just AI-generated fake content. Yeah. Imagine for a moment that we have an AI who is just created for one ill intent, and that is to pr- produce to governments the most vile information about other governments. Mm. So you have these major news stories saying that um, country A is torturing all these people are about to launch an attack on country B. And you have that same AI going to country B saying country A is getting prepared to attack country B. You might accidentally cause warfare because an AI was just playing a game, was just doing what it was supposed to do. Hey, release as much incorrect information to these actors as you can. Because AI, whether we like it or not, is getting better at releasing information. You've seen the emails where you have the Nigerian prince. (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. And you know you can tell it's a Nigerian prince because the spelling is incorrect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then you've had a newer story, and you've heard about it. This, I think, has been a story recently where you have AI being able to make phone calls and being oh, yeah. able to- I mean, that's, that's been a like chat or not chatbot, excuse me, but like, uh, uh, what are they called? Like spam, spam callers, like the, uh, the bot phone callers. Yeah. Like that, that, that's been around for a long time. I mean, even, yes. be- even before like AI became, uh, more prevalent. I mean, we, we all, remember receiving at least one robocall in our life, you know? But when you used to receive that robocall, you can usually figure out it's a robocall, right? You usually just hang up. Yep. Well, there was recently a story, and I don't know how true the story is, so take this one with a grain of salt. You know, there was an AI who called a woman. When this AI called the woman, the woman said, hello, who is this? The AI hung up the phone and it used her voice to create its own voice for a script. The AI then called any one of the contacts in this woman's phone or whatever, called them and asked the contact, hey, who is this? I need your help. I'm in trouble. Please send help or please send money. The person that they called was this woman's grandmother. Aww. And the woman's grandmother sent $1,000. Oh, I heard this story. Yeah. That's the dangers. It's not just AI being able to create. It's being AI is being able to replicate and AI is being able to go out there. Because, yeah, right now this is an AI with a bad actor, but one day it won't be. One day it'll be an AI just calling just because it can. Or maybe an AI will have its only function of, hey, be a spam caller. Oh, please, no. (laughs) We don't need any more of those. And And that's where these leading experts basically said, we need to start regulating this now. Yeah. Because if we don't, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Now, I'm going to throw one more story at you guys, and I sent you guys this one. And this one is really scary, but also kind of funny. 
The headline is, AI-controlled drone goes rogue, kills human operator in a USAF simulated test. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, luckily, no one was actually yeah. harmed. It was a simulation. Yeah. It wasn't a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just going to say, wait, you just said simulation. So, at least there's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I read the article because I, I read it. like Because the, the title of the article doesn't like explain that it's simulated so you have to go yeah. down and start it's click reading bait. oh click it's bait. super it's clickbait but like yes like it is fucked <laughs> and and i could totally see this happening because here's what it had basically said the ai drone had one purpose and that purpose was to kill a particular target and the operator would sell up okay yes that's the right target go ahead and kill or yes, that's the right target, but do not go ahead and kill. So the drone was like, well, I only have one job and you're stopping me from doing that one job. So, so you, you need to die. And here he didn't just kill the operator, by the way. He destroyed the communication system so the operator couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, he, he went pretty damn rogue. He went, <laughs> he went rogue one. It is. <laughs> I was like reading that. I was like, what in the world? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm glad you guys tested this before you sent it into the real, real Yeah, thing. for real. But eventually, eventually, somebody is not going to test it. You're right. So eventually, somebody is going to assume, oh, yeah, we don't have a problem. You look at, and I hate to throw Ford out there, but I, Ford is just the current example. Ford does recalls all the time. Yes, they do. That's what they're known for. They release a vehicle, a great product, but then they have a recall. Okay, we need to tighten down some bolts or the software is not working like we had, we wanted it to, or we just had the wrong part from the bad supplier. These things happen and they have to do a recall. When we have AI drones flying out there doing whatever they want to do, how are we going to tell a drone, hey, I know your mission is to only kill people. We need you to come here and stop killing people. It's probably not going to do that. <laughs> if it hasn't been programmed properly it's going to just continue to kill people so my question to you guys my final question to you guys is should we start regulating now with just let's start figuring out a plan right now we we don't need to have to be the most technical plan we can just start putting some legal groundwork or should we get the greatest minds together for a month-long conference and talk, hash it out. We need everybody to be in full agreement, the dangers, and we need to be more informed before we start making legal degrees and bills and, and mm. legality things. Uh, so do you, do you want to take this one first, Chris, or do you want me to go first? Go ahead and shoot, dude. All right. So here's... <laughs> All right. So we definitely need the... you know more calm and intelligent minds to gather first and hash this out because I mean, this is a global issue. It's not just prevalent in the United States, but let's just say for argument's sake uh, that it is just a United States issue. We've all seen how our government is with technology. We don't know how fucking Facebook works or Google. <laughs> so or, like or the TikTok. 
or 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 TikTok or or anything like that. Like when I watched the freaking uh congressional hearing with Mark Zuckerberg, that was absolutely insane. Same goes for for the TikTok CEO. Like both of those congressional hearings just proved and pinpointed our technological illiteracy within the United States. So we definitely need stronger minds and more intelligent minds who know this stuff to come together and hash things out and just say, hey, you know, this is what we're dealing with. And this is our suggestion on how to move forward. That That's kind of like how I would tackle it. All right, Chris, what about you? Yeah, um, I actually agree completely with Mason. Um, there's nothing really for me to add there. I absolutely agree with you as well, Mason. And, and you're right. When we look at how Congress currently hands, it handles any form of technology, it's like uh, it's not done very well. It's done no. when you have a grandmother. It, and- it, it's it's like teaching. <laughs> it was like it's like when I tried to teach my dad how to use his computer. Horrible. The struggle. I think that. I'm sure there are already there are already the government already has AI agencies that is a thing, but I think that as we're leading ourselves into the future, mm-hmm. we need those agencies to start taking more of a forefront. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it, it's better to do these things now rather than later before AI gets well too out of hand. Like we we don't need a situation like iRobot, you know, with uh, starring Will Smith. No. Hell no! That's like the that's that's the worst case. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 don't need that. Or, I mean, to take it a step further, Maybe right? The worst case, for Chris, is the Terminator. Yeah, Terminator. I mean, <laughs> but uh, what I was gonna say is to take it even a step further is we don't need a situation like Minority Report either. Yeah, you know, oh, that, yeah. like that that movie was so ahead of its time. It was absolutely insane because that also had issues of artificial intelligence slash like future predicting, right? Like it used, uh, you know, predictive behavior to, you know, prevent crime or at least predict, you know, if this person would do it. And it was, you know, usually right. But, you know, in the case with Tom Cruise's character, it was wrong. Or like um, there's an anime that I will recommend uh, before. And then I'll hand it over. It's called Psychopaths. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that that anime itself tackles this very you know, quandary of like artificial intelligence and like crime prediction and uh, trying to use technology to handle these sort of things and the dangers of that. So I think we can definitely learn from you know, science fiction, we can learn from, uh, you know, TV, we can learn from books that kind of explore like the, the worst parts of AI. You're right. You're absolutely right. Before we go ahead and call it for the day, guys, you have any final thoughts, anything in the review segments you would like to add? This has been a great discussion on AI. Yeah. Fortunately, it's one we're going to keep having. Yeah, yep. uh, this has been a really good episode. Any parting thoughts or any final things we guys want to mention? If not, I'll go ahead and close it out. No, nothing for me. Mm. 
I'm trying to think if I have any closing thoughts. Um, I, I, I will, I I will end it with a, a specific closing thought. All right. So I, I've said this before with, um, Jurassic Park, right. And how they, they used, you know, they, they, they brought back dinosaurs, right. Yeah. And so the character that's played by um, Jeff Goldblum, right? Uh, Ian Malcolm, mm-hmm. right? He, you know, famously said that, you know, you scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't bother to ask if they should. That is, yeah. uh, that's kind of where I'll leave it. All right. On that note, thank you all for joining us for another episode of The Uninformed Gamers. If you like what we do here, be sure to give us a like or subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcast. We're on, I believe it's called Stitch. There's like eight more others that I've never heard anybody else using, but we're on quite all of them. If you want to go ahead and give us some feedback, you can reach out to us at Twitter, at Uninformed Gamers, or at TikTok at uninformed gamers and if you'd like to talk to me directly you have me on xbox at darkness tiger and ps5 darkness tiger 2 all right guys go ahead and give your sign-offs yeah uh i'm chameleon you can find me at uh on twitter at chameleon games that's it and i have been mason also known as rad dreams you can find me on twitch rad underscore dreams as well as youtube with rad dreams review Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Peace.